I'm Lauren Dimmitt Waters. I'm a New York City-based blogger and influencer who has been covering beauty, fashion, and lifestyle for what seems like forever. But now I'm a woman in midlife who wants to discover all the secrets to growing younger. I'm ready to explore topics that deal with health and anti-aging, especially when it comes to beauty, fashion, wellness, and longevity. I'll unearth what works and what you shouldn't waste your money on. Even if it's crazy, I'll hunt down the latest and greatest to help us all get through this journey called life with a little humor and a lot of attitude. I want to keep fighting the fight so we can all grow old ungracefully. So welcome to Beauty is a Bitch. Hey, everybody. It's Lauren Dinner Waters for a new episode of Beauty is a Bitch. And today we're going to talk about beauty and makeup, which is like sort of fun for me and sort of a bone of contention. I have a love-hate relationship with makeup. So um, my guest today is Terry Bryant, and she is the founder of a line called Guide Beauty, which was founded in February of 2020. And uh, Terry has been teaching makeup artistry for brands like Dior and Stila and leading education apartments for Smashbox and Josie Moran. While makeup artistry has always come easily to her, she could see just how challenging it was for so many of her clients and friends. Simply learning the steps to apply makeup doesn't always translate into applying it with confidence. I know about that. <laughs> Guide Beauty has built an ease of use to the actual tools and formulas. These products will literally guide your hand to easier and better application. And Terry's often asked how she can truly relate to the average makeup user when she has the skills of professional makeup artists, but it was a major life change that led to the epiphany that there must be an easier and better way for everyone to apply makeup. A few years ago, she started to question why she too was struggling with certain makeup techniques, and her doctor provided the answer when she was diagnosed with Parkinson's. So now she's a professional makeup artist, beauty educator, educator excuse me, and someone who knows what it feels like to struggle to get their eyeliner straight and their brows on point. Hi, Terry. Welcome. Hello. Boy, can I relate to that? <laughs> oh my goodness. It's uh, not easy for anyone, is it? Welcome. I, yeah, eyeliner, I, liquid eyeliner, I just finally gave up. Right. I, I, and, and, now, and now that there are tools to apply it probably better, I just stay away from it because it's, you know. Right. Well, you it, it didn't have the best experience, so. Yeah, no. it's not all that exciting to try to jump back in that pool. No, but I, you know, I, I, I actually know about your makeup. I've actually tried some of it and we did a giveaway of some of it a little while ago. So I'm very, the packaging is very cool. Um, and you first look at it and you're like, what is this? And then you go to use it and you're like, oh my goodness, this makes life so much easier. So I'm just curious, like, first of all, how did, how did Guide Beauty really come to be? Like, I understand, but which came first, your diagnosis or Guide Beauty or? Yeah, the, story? <laughs> the chicken or the egg. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I, I started in the industry, I've been in the beauty industry for a little over 25 years. I started as a makeup artist. You know, I, I always say, you know, I just had a passion and, uh, and somewhat of a, just a, it came easily to me. I had a skill set in makeup artistry that I didn't have probably anywhere else. I mean, if you handed me brushes and said, here's some watercolors, paint a picture, I couldn't do it. But when you handed me makeup, I would look at your face. I would know how I wanted to celebrate your features. And I always said my arm and my hand were the tool. 
I could see what I wanted to create. And, and that arm and that hand were a very direct extension of my mind's eye. And so, you know, you just you make it so. And I, you know, I also realized from an early age that that was the gift I had. I was fortunate to have it. I loved doing it. Uh, I had such a positive experience with makeup. But so many people who sat in my chair were telling me that they couldn't do it. They didn't have that level of confidence, right? It just it happened over and over and over again. And I thought, well, who better to teach you but me? I can teach you. I know how to do this. Um, and I was missing something at that point. Um, and then, you know, I, I, so I got into, you know, aside from being a makeup artist, I started getting into artistry and education. So creating artistry education programs for either the makeup artist or the person who directly touched the consumer for, you know, Josie Nair and Smashbox and Dior and so on. Um, but, you know, you realize that, you know, like you said, it's one thing to understand the steps to artistry and something very different to go home and execute them. So, you know, I worked for years trying to find a better, easier way for people using the tools and the formulas that existed in the marketplace. Um, but it was hard for me to solve for something I couldn't totally feel. Mm-hmm. For myself, you know, I've, I've always known what it feels like to be the makeup artist. I know the mechanics of good artistry. That was just a very natural extension. Having Parkinson's gave me a very unique perspective. And my Parkinson's diagnosis is really what launched sort of the day that Guide Beauty was born. Because there was a moment for me where I realized what that disconnect that all those thousands of people who sat in my chair were feeling. Mm-hmm. And where traditional tools and formulas weren't weren't meeting the need of the everyday makeup user. And so knowing what I knew, if I could break apart everything I know about makeup and the forms and functions and rebuild it in a way where that tool and formula actually become the tool right. as opposed to the hand, then I could create an easier way for everybody. So it's something I've always wanted to do to make artistry easier, but really my diagnosis of Parkinson's led to the innovation that created Guy Beauty. Oh, interesting. Okay. So Tell us a little bit more about your background in artistry and education. Because, I mean, some of these brands that you work for, you know, I'm fascinated by that. Yeah, so, you know, I, I, like I, said, I started very young. My mom used to take me to the Chanel counter with her four times a year when the collar collection, you know, back in the day when there were just those heritage brands and you would go to the department store four times a year for your color collection. Mm-hmm. Cesar would do her makeup. Everybody in town went to see Cesar, and I loved it. I would watch her get transformed. And he was really celebrating her. And I watched her, you know, she was a busy mom and she worked and she took care of us and life gets hectic. But on those days, she would walk out of that store and she would go home and you could tell she stood a little taller. She felt special. She was taken care of. And I, I remember thinking, I want to do that for people. And I kept honing my craft over the years. You know, I went to school for elementary and special education at Syracuse, but I was working behind the Chanel counter. I went to my first training and I thought, ooh, wait a minute. Because I always said I was going to move to New York. I was going to be a makeup artist. And then I went to that first training and then I said, okay, well, now I'm going to move to New York. I'm going to be a makeup artist and I'm going to do that. I want to teach people. That's, that's the plan. So I did. I moved to New York. I got a job. I started working as a makeup artist. Um, you know, Christian Dior gave me my first shot in artistry and education. I worked for them for a long time. Had a phenomenal mentor there. I loved her. Thought, you know, like every step along the way when I loved it, I thought I'd never leave. And then, of course, <laughs> something changes. Um, so I was in New York at that time. And one day I got a call from a brand at the time, sort of a small brand that people hadn't really heard of called Smashbox, which mm-hmm. is funny to expect now because they're so big, right? Very um, big. They called and they had this, like, this just amazing brand. They were so unique. Sort of LA wasn't on the map yet for makeup brands. 
they had this really great story. They had an authentic story, this, you know, heritage, the studio heritage. They were doing something amazing. They had a killer makeup artistry team, but they didn't have an education program in place. And so I moved to LA to develop their education program. And so, um, and I just continued on that path. They were great because they allowed me to do both makeup artistry and the education. Uh, I continued on doing education for brands like Josie Marin and Temp2, started going on air for QVC and HSN for brands, helping present uh, the brand's uh, you know, products on air, um, and just was you know, continuing working on shoot and was just plugging along really happily for, for years um, until that little shift in my ability started to sort of change my, yeah, change, change how I was working, right? So I was doing both. Um, you know, I think it was about 10 years ago, I had that little sort of shift and I was like, oh, something's a little off. So I started doing a little less on, on air, or, or sorry, on set work and doing a little bit more education, uh, you know, until about five or six years ago when the Parkinson's really progressed enough to, to know that I had to figure out what was going on. Mm-hmm. Oh, so th- up to that point, you weren't even aware really what was happening? No, I mean, it's, it, it, you know, I would say 10 years ago, but it's actually almost 11 years ago. I mean, I, I can think back now. Right. And there were very like distinct moments, right? Like I look at, like, there was a time I was on set with a model I've worked with so many times. The look was something that should have happened in like 15 minutes and 45 minutes an hour later, I wasn't done. And I remember, I remember, I mean, she was nice about it, but you know, you're nervous at that point because people are waiting on you on set. She's wondering what's going on. I'm thinking, she's asking me what's going on. I have no idea, but I thought, all right, we'll ignore that. Right. Like, and those little moments kept happening. Yeah, I think there was two reasons I, I didn't know what was going on. One was, well, maybe there was three. One was I probably wanted to ignore it, right? Like, right, right. this is not happening. Uh, the other was I could kind of pivot my career a little bit. Like if you called me for fashion week, I would say no, because I knew my hand wasn't going to cut it. There was too many models. We had to move too quickly. But if you called me for a one-day shoot, fine. One model all day, I can handle that. Um, and so I kept sort of pivoting more towards the education piece. But the third was I actually was seeing doctors and everybody kept saying the same thing. They were really kind of sadly dismissive. Mm-hmm. Well, you're getting older. You, you, you take enough vitamins. Are you drinking enough water? Do you get your rest? Are you working out? And I was like, no, no, probably not. And no. So, <laughs> right, right. And, and though, you know, though part of you thinks they're really not listening to me. The other part was like, well, that it sounds better than hearing something bad. Yep, so I'll yep. just accept that. We'll just go with that. Yep. And so I did for years. And then like five, six years ago, it progressed enough that that, in, that sort of disconnect that was making me struggle with my clients. All of a sudden now I'm having problems doing my own eyeliner. I was like, all right, well, this is crazy. I cannot ignore this. So I'm going to push a little harder. And uh, good thing, you know, good thing I did. Although part of pushing was also getting in front of the right person who took me seriously uh, and actually very quickly diagnosed me and was right. Uh, and, and so, yeah. Well, you know, that brings up a really valid point. And it's something that I'm always telling women um, or men, anybody that's not feeling well, and you know, something's wrong, but you, you kind of want to ignore it because, and that's like the looking back, it's all, it's, it's always a recipe for disaster. Okay. Cause you know yourself better than anybody. And then you go to a doctor and they dismiss you. And then you, you're like, okay, cool. In a way, because then I don't have to really uh, take this seriously. I don't have to think about it, but it keeps happening. And there's that little gnawing, you know, this whole, that I tell women and men, you need to advocate for yourself. And I'm so glad you did, you know, you know, something's wrong 
And finally, you're like, listen, I know me. You know, you have to, oh my gosh, like this story, like my heart just sank listening to it because I know so many people have been through this and you have to advocate for yourself. You have to. It's so true. And that, you know, fortunately I was having a disconnect that, you know, I was, it's a movement disorder. I was feeling stiffness. My hand wasn't uh, connecting as well, but I wasn't thick enough that I could advocate for myself. And that's the scarier part, right? Like when somebody is actually at the point where they don't feel well enough to stand up and say, please listen. So it, you know, it is scary. And I think it happens uh, a lot more than probably, you know, Unbelievably, you are so not alone. And I, you know, you just brought up another point. It's like you need to say something before you lose the ability to say something. You know, you're right. You can only advocate for yourself while you're still lucid. And and yeah, that's that's so scary. So, um, wow, I make I have chills from that. Uh, Can you like describe? your process of universal design and inclusivity through this innovation. And can you explain, can you explain since we can't show the makeup, like the packaging, what made, how it's different than anything anyone really sees on the marketplace right now? Yeah, I'd love to. So for universal design, that is our design process and it's really unique. And I didn't know about it until we started Guide Beauty and I've become obsessed and I I search out brands that do this because I just think it's such a brilliant approach to how you sort of see and do everything in life. You know, when I got my diagnosis, there was, you know, people always ask, how, you know, how did you react? How did you feel? There was a powerful moment where I was, realized what was sort of having somebody confirm something was wrong allowed me now to tackle it. Well, let me deal with it. So I ran home and started working on my own prototypes. I started pulling apart components and makeup and sort of trying to figure out where I was running, sort of intuitively, where was I running into challenges? And then how could I tweak to try to, you know, solve for them? And I did that for quite some time, probably about six months to a year. And then I realized, okay, I'd gotten something really great, but I needed more help. So we actually went to a design team that specializes in human factors, engineering, and ergonomics. And they introduced us to universal design, which, again, I get super excited about because the concept is if if you factor in for those who have the greatest need, you will create a better product and process for the whole. So it's about casting the widest net possible. So for three years before we launched, we worked with over 200 test users and we said, we want you to come in and test if you have Parkinson's, if you have MS, if you have arthritis, if you are a newbie to makeup, if you are an expert makeup artist with no physical limitations whatsoever, if you're the everyday person who's like, I'm pretty good at it, but I'm busy and sometimes it just takes me too long. Like, let's try to cast the widest net possible and just watch you go and look for where people run into roadblocks and then tweak and tweak and tweak. It's highly iterative and do it from the ground up instead of sort of saying, here's a product, um, here's somebody who can't come into our world and play. So let's try to make some sort of accommodation to what already exists. We're saying, let's build it from the ground up. Right factor in for those who have the greatest need. And again, you'll create a better product or process for the whole. I mean, you know, there's so many great examples. And I think one of the, I think one of my favorites, um, so many good ones um, of the universal design, maybe I'll have to think and go back to one, but it's just sort of like, we're surrounded by it. We're surrounded by products that nobody thinks about. Even OXO, I don't know if you're familiar familiar with OXO, their Mm -hmm. kitchen tools. Oh yeah. Okay, sure. Like the number one, like, you know, like a kitchen brand, I don't know if it still is, but I know it's been hugely wildly popular for years. People don't know this, but it was founded by um, a husband and wife. The, the wife has severe arthritis 
rheumatoid arthritis and he was watching her. I think she was uh, trying to make a tartlet. I think she was peeling like a, an apple or some, some sort of form of fruit. That, that part probably doesn't matter. But anyway, um, <laughs> and at the time, traditional kitchen tools were all metal handles. Yep. And she was struggling. And he thought, well, that's crazy. So he ended up making these sort of rubber comfortable forms so that she could participate, so that she could do it. Those forms, those kitchen tools have become popular for everybody, whether they need it or not, because it's a better, more comfortable way to bake and cook, right? So, but nobody would have thought to change it if they hadn't realized that somebody wasn't able to participate in their world. So it became a standard. It became sort of standard. It became the standard. And very often those standards only happen, like the remote control for the television. If you ever got a television without a remote control, I would sit in my chair and say, well, mine's broken. Now what? I don't even know where the button on my television is. <laughs> I don't think there is one. <laughs> is there? Do they make buttons anymore? Yeah, no, there is like on the, on a, I know. I had, to, I had to use it once, but you're right. Like, I would probably sit, right? I'd sit in my chair just having to get up and turn the channel anymore? No. Right. Right, no, right. I mean, right. what's the craziest thing I've ever heard? I probably just start yelling at the TV to turn on. Uh, but that only came, they created the remote for people who they realized weren't physically able to stand up and turn on a TV, right? So a lot of those innovations come from a place of thinking about and being inclusive. It's really innovation based on inclusivity and factoring into the greatest needs. So that's been our process. Um, and, and uh, you know, that's what led to sort of this new form and this new way to apply makeup. And I think when we were working with our test users and working with our design team of, of human factors engineers, the same thing kept popping up over and over again, which is really sort of the, the element that needed to be solved for was grip and stability. Sort of those were the biggest points that we could leverage. And so when you think about, you know, I'm going to try to show you, but I know people are listening, but when you think about most makeup, you're thinking about thin cylinders, right? That you have to grip. Okay. And like when, a high pencil or a lip pencil or something. Exactly. Like that, right? Exactly. And so sort of like the golfing analogy, they say, if you want a fluid swing, you got to loosen up your grip. When you grip something tightly, you actually lose a certain amount of fluidity and ease of motion from your hand all the way up to your arm. So we knew we needed to create something that allowed for people to free up their hand so that they could have more fluid ease of motion. The other thing is stability. When you think about coming at your eye, for example, with a pencil, sharp pencil point, and now you got to come at your eye and you're coming in horizontally, right? And there's no steady point. If you watch people apply makeup, we're constantly always trying to kind of look for places to steady and ground our hand. So we realized if we could come in instead of horizontally, if we could come in vertically, loosen up the grip and have the tool steady your hand, Mm-hmm. for application prior to touching your face, it would help guide the application so that you can actually apply your makeup where it needs to go and get the finished result that you're looking to get. Mm-hmm. So I, I know it, it's probably a lot to sort of take in, but grip and stability are huge, huge pieces that are missing from sort of the traditional makeup we're using. Um, and it really does, you know, it's one thing to make something more comfortable to hold and grip and stabilize, mm-hmm. which is needed. But the other thing is you really need to make sure that you're getting the result you want to get. So if you're coming in at your eye and you're working with eyeliner, the point is to get a really nice, tight, precision line. So, you know, when you look at our guide wand, for example, you look at this long vertical form, really soft and easy to hold. You don't need a tight grip. The only place you need stability is there's a little finger rest, right, with your index finger. 
there's another edge that rests against your cheek so you can stabilize your hand. Right. And then you just tilt this, this precision, soft precision edge. And so you can land it exactly where it needs to go before you touch your eye, right? And then it just allows the tool to guide you in that process. And it just, those, those sort of thoughtful moments change the game for how you apply. So there's sort of, you know, those, I would call them more revolutionary sort of moments in our designs. And then there's just those sort of more thoughtful moments, which is if you pick up a traditional jar for, for makeup, mm-hmm. they're round. And when you're playing with makeup, very often your hands have stuff on them and they can be hard to grip. So we created a form with our jar that is a triangle on top of a triangle. So you always have purchase or purchase space to grab, open and close, whichever way you grab that form. Um, And then again, with the freeing up of the hand. So for mascara or brow, when you're coming in really close to the eye, let's see if I do it. Instead of having to hold on to a thin cylinder and get that grip, there's a ring. So now the, where I'm holding my applicator is I've just slid it through two fingers. It's like a, like a ring, right? A cocktail ring, if you will. Yeah. And now my hand is free to steady and rest and ground so that I can get right at the lash base and build those lashes up with the steadying effects so that I don't have to worry about poking my eye. And I also don't have to worry about dropping my mascara, which is something that happened before I had Parkinson's you know, symptoms as well, right? So it's something we all sort of experience. So just that, that those it's the hand freeing up and it's the stability amongst other things that really change, change your application. That's amazing. So you started, so how many products, let's talk about the line. How many products do you have? You started with eye makeup, right? I mean, which, what came first and what, what do we have now? So we started with eyes, you know, I think obviously our users came in and talked about eye makeup, but also from 20 plus years of doing this over and over again, Everybody who sat in my chair said the same thing. There, there's just certain products that are harder to use than others because they, um, they require more stability, because they require precision steady hand and a fine line and, and coming in tight to a feature. So eyeliner, we heard time and time again. Yeah, um, Amy. Right? <laughs> brow, because you're right, because you have to create one. And then it's also the things that are like you're creating definition, but now there's two of the same feature. Yeah, <laughs> so that's you get one problem. Down, right. Right. And then you got to go match it to the other side. So that yeah, matching them up is matching them up is where the problem comes in. Right? <laughs> right. I can get one okay, but then it's like, oh my god, I have to do another one. Yeah, forget it. Right, you're like, I'll just go out. And, yeah, exactly. Put put a, put a hat on and tilt it to the side. Yeah, it uh, it's never easy when you got to match them up. Um, so we knew the eye area was sort of the, the area where people struggle the most. Those areas where you, yeah, again, you need um, really precision hand. You're you're focusing in on defining a feature. So we started there. You know, the first invention sort of that I came up with was mascara. Um, at the time, it was sort of more like a finger puppet. So we did our, our lash cut mascara first. Um, and then eyeliner obviously became, which has become our hero product because our guideline is just such a unique way to put on eyeliner. Um, and then we obviously, we have our brow, which comes in three shades, the brow gel, uh, and our guideline cream eyeliner, which is actually pressed really nicely to match the applicator of our wand. So it's not too soft and it's not too firm so that you can pick up just the right amount. So you don't have to think about sort of wiping off excess. Uh, so, you know, that's sort of the, the core of the brand. And now we are coming out with new shades of eyeliner. We're branching out into the rest of the face, uh, you know, cause ultimately I'd love to have a full, a full guide beauty, you know, face so, available. So what, what for the face, like what, what's coming up? Blush. So right now, 
Yeah, so right now, actually, we do have, um, if you go to, to uh, our, our website, we actually do have a really lovely blush that is a gift with purchase right now. Oh, okay. We have two colors. It's a warm glow pop of pink. And our, you know, the other thing to mention is when we were creating forms, I also knew that our, you know, form and function should live together, right? So they had to, these, these, this makeup had to operate in a way that made your life easier, made it quicker, made it better, made it easier to apply makeup. But that shouldn't come at the expense of something beautiful. So when you pick up our Guide Beauty products and our makeup, I wanted it to sit in your hand like a piece of jewelry. Like it was a moment that you have where you, it was like celebrating yourself, where you could really enjoy the whole process. And part of that just comes from looking and picking up something beautiful. So um, th- that was sort of a, a key to our design process. And then also having formulas that are clean and vegan and cruelty-free. And so um, even with the blush, like the blush is tremendous. In it. like It's just probably the cleanest formula you could find. There's nothing toxic, uh, but also skin nourishing, skin loving, beautiful pigments, just really easy to use, fresh pops of color. So everything we do as we build out the face, it only will enter the line if it is, you know, if it meets those standards, if it feels beautiful, if it looks beautiful, if it's clean, if it's vegan, if it's cruelty-free, and if it makes your life easier and it makes your application easier and more enjoyable. So you've, you've put, you've married the functionality with what people fun. looking with, with clean cosmetics, which is, you know, yeah. what I think everybody, well, I wouldn't say everybody, but I think there's definitely a, a huge movement towards that um, sure. yeah. as there should be, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, especially, especially to me, like with lipstick and anything that I can possibly, not just applying to my face, but lipstick, you can be ingesting you know, yeah. on your lips. Um, you know, I, I try to encourage women to look for makeup that you wouldn't mind eating, unfortunately. That's, that's right, because we are eating a lot of it. Oh, and then the skin too. I mean, I can't even imagine the, I mean, there's, there's nothing, I think there are statistics on how much lipstick we eat on a <laughs> Yeah, on an annual basis. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. Yeah. Even on our skin, our skin is our body's largest organ. What what goes on your skin goes into your bloodstream. So, uh, you know, and it's everything. It's our makeup, it's our hair care, it's everything we touch. So the cleaner we can be, you know, and and mostly it's really just looking for those, uh, the toxic ingredients, because there is so little regulation out there and making sure those aren't in there. But that's hard when you're the everyday consumer to know what is and what isn't. Well, but I it's, think also not, it's not regulated in, in our country, not, unfortunately. So, and that hasn't changed what since like the 1900, since like 1900, they haven't, Yeah, it's frightening what they can put in our cosmetics. And we don't it is frightening. It is. Fortunately, there are retailers and brands that are sort of stepping up and saying, we're going to be the change we want to see. Yeah, no, and, it's, and, it's great. It's great. Yeah. If you think about what we were putting on our face like 20 years ago, even it's terrifying. I, yeah. Uh, I yeah. know 20 years ago, I was probably, well, maybe it's not longer than I keep thinking I'm younger than I am, but you know, I was probably also lathering my body in baby oil and sitting with those screens in the sun. Yeah, we, 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 just did a, we did a podcast recently on that too. Trust me, there's, uh, there's so many things that when you're in, you know, when you're middle-aged, you're like, oh my God, <laughs> I can't believe I did that. Right. Now right. knowing what we know now. Right. But at the time, I'm pretty sure, you know, uh, there is that moment of like, why didn't anybody tell me? My 20-year-old me would not have listened. Somebody might have told me. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have listened to myself. That's what I say. I do. It's like, listen, I, I, can only, I can only say it, but, you know, I know I didn't listen. My mother, right. my mother wouldn't sit out in the sun like I did. And she, you know, she'd be like, you know, you really should be wearing sunscreen. And I'm like, yeah, right, whatever. You know? <laughs> 
know, and she was right, you know. Right. You live and you learn. You live and you learn. I mean, you know, I, have, I have young girls, young women asking me, like, what's the one beauty, beauty product you recommend? And I'm like, sunscreen, stay out of the Then I say an eye cream. Start using eye cream, like, in college. Um, like, use um, eye cream. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, other than that, like, you know, they're not going to listen. But mm-hmm. this is this has been fascinating. And, I, I you know, it, I... I, where can people find your products? Where do people find it? You can find us on our website, which is guidebeauty.com. We're also on Instagram, Guide Beauty Cosmetics, and come and, and be part of our world and come and talk and hang out with us because we love that. I mean, you know, the, the brand is Guide Beauty because obviously the makeup and the tools and formulas guide your hand in application, but we're also here to help guide you. So if you want to come visit us, either, you know, Instagram, Facebook, or website, guidebeauty.com, we are always here to help guide you. You give, you give beauty help too. I mean, I, I saw that you like are more than if people, uh, contact you, you can help them. You'll give them tutorials and tips and they can also reach you at guide beauty cosmetics. That is your Instagram. Yep. Guide beauty uh, cosmetics is Instagram. You can also reach out to our, um, our customer service at here for you at guide beauty. Uh, dot com and and ask for a tutorial. If you have any questions? We will set one up. We can zoom. We can walk you through a, a demo and get you up and running. So, you know, it's uh, you know, I think again because this has been such an important part of my life because I love this industry because I love beauty because it was such a positive experience. I really want to change the way people see it. And so, you know, when you, when I hear somebody say. I don't want to do it anymore. It's not fun or, or don't want to, don't even want to come in and play because they're intimidated or don't have that level of confidence. I want to change that. I want people to feel like, you know, there's always a seat at this table. And if you just want to play, it's just makeup. It's not even hair. You cut it and you have to wait months and months for it to go back. It's makeup. Like, let's just come in and play together. So you can, wipe it, off. Else, you can wipe it off. You can wipe it off. Yeah. Start again. This is just a, this is just a canvas like any nope. other. You're, this no is a canvas. Right. Right. Yes. It's a, right. It's, a, it's a washable canvas. No, no commitment. Exactly. You know, I love too, that you took lemons, you were handed some lemons, you made some lemonade and you did this all in midlife. And I think that's fantastic. I mean, thank you. how great that you were able to find a new exciting career. But yeah, you never know. I mean, you know, when, when inevitably hard things will happen in life to all of us. Right. And, and right. so, you don't you don't know, you know, something, it's the what and when, um, but it, you know, at least in my own experience, you just give it a minute, take a break, a breath, take a beat, something beautiful will be born. And for me, this was the beautiful thing that was born from it. It, it allowed me to do something that I've just been passionate about for years. And, you know, not that anybody dreams of getting Parkinson's, but I could never have created this if I didn't have that personal experience. So in a sense, it, it is a gift. It really, that's such a wonderful perspective. I, I, I really applaud that. And, um, you know, I, as someone too, who's, you know, dealt, I think it happens, it happens, but you can yes. either let it take you down and, or you can, you know, make something beautiful from it. And I, I applaud you for doing that. And it's very inspirational. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, it's, and it's when, we all do this, right? Because you do it, I do it, and we all sort of share our stories and lift each other up that uh, things are a lot easier to deal with and, and we can find those moments to celebrate and, and, and change our own you know, the life and destiny and path. Well, it war- warms my heart. That's fantastic. It's been great. I, I've loved chatting with you. I love talking about makeup and um, 
not necessarily my abilities to apply it, but <laughs> we're going to change that. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know about the eyeliner, but you know, we can, we can. I got you. Okay. Thank you so much, Terry. It was wonderful having you. Um, We're going to wrap this up. And uh, if if you've enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps me out a lot. And I have a new pro-aging podcast weekly, so please contact Lauren at fountainof30.com for sponsorship opportunities. Take care, everyone. Uh, Stay well, and we will talk soon.